Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Welcome, everyone, into Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we're chatting all things 2023 NWSL season. We're doing a preview and predictions for you all. A quick reminder that the NWSL season kicks off on Saturday, March 25th on Paramount Plus, and we'll be doing all sorts of content for you leading up to the regular season. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and across social media at Attacking Third. It is here. It is match week one. Lisa, I'm hyped. How are you doing this morning? I'm so excited. Match week one. It is here. It's finally here. We've been waiting so long. Um, and it's literally, we can almost taste it. This is the start of our like build up week. We get to do one final look at like the season overall. Um, and then we get into the nitty gritty of breaking down the games and, and game previews and weekend previews and recaps and actually seeing how all the work that these teams have put in the offseason in the draft and their trades and their hires, how it plays off. Um, because there's a lot of question marks, a lot to be answered, a lot of expectations for teams. And I am so excited for it. I have to um I have to be honest here because I've been very open about my basketball journey with our, our this is also a check-in. This is also a check-in with you. This is it's I um am trying to move past the terrible loss that Marquette has suffered most recently in their their basketball game to not make it to the Sweet 16. So in in complete denial of that, I am just looking at NWSL and focusing on that completely because it um it was rough, a rough Sunday for me. March madness. Listen, it's a it was a rough weekend, I think, for everyone involved. We had we we were hyped for March Madness. Um attacking third had our poll. And by the end of the first two rounds, like there were zero perfect brackets on CBS Sports app. So shout out to everyone who like hung out with us and wanted to try to participate uh with a bracket in our pool in March Madness because there's no, no one's got a shot at this point anymore. Uh, There's like, at least on CBS sports, I'm not, I think ESPN might have one perfect bracket still, but it's, it's been wild um, both um, in terms of the, the women's side of March Madness and the men's side of March Madness. Uh, So stay tuned. I mean, if it's already this chaotic, if you're already here listening to NWSL, you love chaotic energy. So keep your, keep your eyes and ears on uh on that tournament as well. We're going to keep our focus 
on NWSL though. Before, before you switch to this, I just want to, we're live on YouTube. People in the chat are like saying that they were cheering for Marquette for uh, me. They were set. So thank you everyone. You guys, I'm reading these. Sarah, oh. Paul, Christina, Marcus, guys, thanks. I'm, I'm glad that I, uh, rallied some Marquette fans from, from attacking. Thursday. You know what? You did your job. We all got jobs, right? And you did yours. And that was making sure that folks- that makes me happy. These people being like, I was cheering for Marquette for you makes me so happy. So thank you guys. But, I'm, uh, I'm glad that no one's no, here. I'm glad that like no one's in the chat right now. Like whatever, Lisa, you led me astray. My bracket is blocked because of block them. I've got all the power right here. No, I'm just kidding. My bracket is busted because of Lisa Roman. <laughs> oh my goodness no better we, we we love that energy so shout out to everybody in the chat let's uh let's keep our focus on uh on nwsl while march madness is still happening all around us because match week one is coming up quick and we've got all kinds of stuff ready to roll out for the build-up to to the opening weekend on saturday and sunday but we wanted to to start with with an overall preview if you've been if you've been running with us if you've been on tour with us, you know that we have already completed 12, count them, 12 full team previews for every club in the league. We rolled out our team-by-team -team previews on attacking third, and every single club out there has uh, you know, our thoughts and opinions on where we think they might finish. We chatted a little bit about um, you know, off-season overview for each team. We talked about players that we would like to see have impacts for their respective clubs this year, players who might depart during a World Cup cycle. We asked the biggest burning question, and we even had some fun with a little bit of a prediction and that's kind of where we want to settle in on this while we were doing some of our previews we didn't really put numbers on those things we kind of gave ranges a little bit and we want to chat a bit about all 12 clubs going into this weekend and actually put some numbers on some of these predictions so maybe just to recap here uh in terms of where we slotted the 12 clubs across one through 12 for the rankings. We had, in terms of a, a final three, a big three, we had Portland Thorns, Oil Rain, and Kansas City. We had San Diego Wave within the top four, possibly low as low as six. Um, Chicago Red Stars, Houston Dash, Gotham FC, we had them in the five to eight ranges. Um, including North Carolina as well. And for 7 to 10, we had Angel City racing Louisville and 9 to 12 uh, for Washington Spirit and Orlando Pride. So we, ha we, had, to, we had to set them up, right? Someone's got to be number one. Someone's got to be last. When there's a winner, there's a loser. There, when there's a winner, there is a loser. So we, we want to... Um, we want to get a little bit more specific. We want to place the number with the team. And these are you know, at this point, still considered probably way too early predictions, but we're going to have fun with them because if we're right, it's going to be awesome. And if we're wrong, it's also going to be awesome because we get to talk all about how incorrect we were. Um, but I'm going to ask you, buddy, do we want to go like 12 to one? Do we want to go one to 12? How do we want to do this with, with, uh, with everyone joining us today? Um, let's go one to 12 because either way it's a surprise, right? Like, yeah. I think that it'll be a little bit more unsurprising if we do it this way. Um, All right, I'm with you. Let's let's start. Let's start with number one. We love we love a winner. <laughs> there. Here's who we think is going to go and finish out number one in the regular season, and this includes maybe lifting that trophy at the end of the year too, right? Um, but that's that's maybe a conversation for for a later date. But in terms of closing out the regular season, we've got Kansas City at number one. For 2023, we just uh, we have, this is this is the team mm -hmm. that we have been talking about nonstop throughout their offseason um, into their preseason. And even now, five days out or so from match day one, Kansas City Current is a team that we are chatting about and we liked all their moves. We thought it was very not only calculated and specific in terms of the positional areas that they were trying to, to flesh out, but uh, the presence that they also had on, on draft day, um, adding the young pieces that they have added, uh, especially in light of a World Cup year, right? We were also looking at that too when we were looking at how we were going to place these teams 1 through 12. Every team's going to lose players. Yeah this year every single team and that includes a side like like Kansas City but we just sort of feel the areas that they targeted are going to help keep them 
in the conversation and keep them afloat and keep them picking up results in light of, of certain absences on this team. And we think not only did they do enough work in the offseason to go ahead and, and contend once more in 2023, but that they did enough to actually go all the way. Yeah, I think that's why we put Kansas City at number one to finish the year because of everything they did in the offseason, everything um, that they did last year. Honestly, like that's kind of where we start the growth and the and the uh, honestly the judgment of a team and and breaking them down and the analysis of it. Uh, yeah, I think Kansas City's gonna go number one at the end of it all. There's a lot of positives to um, to take away from last year and the offseason. But it, it will be difficult. I mean, the season's going to be really hard. It's going to be so close. Um, but with our top three, I think those were some of the hardest to kind of break down yeah. and say, where are they going to fall in this? Because as we have Kansas City current at number one, our number two team um, to finish second, runner up, just missing out technically on the, the shield in our eyes at that, these predictions is 2022 champions, Portland Thorns. We've placed them at number two in our power rankings heading into the season. Um, they've got a new head coach in Mike Norris stepping into it. There's not too many changes uh, to what they were doing from last year, um, but I like what's happening there with Portland Thorns. So we put them at number two and then number three, OL Reign. Uh, I think that Laura Harvey's going to fall a little bit short of the shield, uh, but still a top three finish post in the playoffs. But that's our top three, Kansas City, Portland Thorns, and then OL Reign. I love that. Let's have some fun with the middle of the pack because I think that is really the area of the picture on the table that kind of gets a little bit gray sometimes for folks where anything can happen. We're talking like any, even from like four to eight, right? In terms of those, in terms of that like wide spectrum of, of the table, we're looking at number four, number five, number six, and number seven in the following. We've got San Diego Wave FC at number four, Houston Dash at number five, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC at number six, and Chicago Red Stars at number seven. So we've got one team sneaking back into the playoffs and making their return, and we've got another team falling just short. Yeah, I think that the breakdown between four through seven, or really four through six, is is tricky because yeah. in our eyes, these are all playoff contention teams or teams that will make the playoffs. They're not on the bubble. I think San Diego for sure. Um, they're, they're just going to be scratching at the door for a top three spot this year uh, with what Casey Stoney has done in San Diego. And, and obviously they've got Alex Morgan and Naomi Gurma and Kaylin Sheridan, just really award winners last year, whether it's a goalkeeper of the year to golden boot winner to defender of the year, rookie of the year, they've got a stacked team that also didn't have a lot of shakeup um, in the off season and, and what they were doing. Now there's a world cup year and we'll talk about that a little bit more because there's going to be a month, two months, three months where some of these players are going to be gone. And that's a big yeah. chunk of games. Um, so San Diego for, for us falling at that number four spot. And then between Houston, Gotham and Chicago, I, I think that for me, Houston being the number five of those, so the top of those three and then Gotham and Chicago, I think that Houston and Gotham, those two teams are people are excited about Houston and Gotham. They're excited about the offseason acquisitions, what was done um, last year for Houston, making their first arrival in the playoffs in the postseason for the NWSL. Um, and when you look at who they won't be losing during the World Cup year, that's impressive to me on a Houston Dash front. They've got Diana Ordonez, Maria Sanchez, um, Ebony Salmon, who most likely will be with England uh, at the World Cup, but just a, a lot of really strong players. They, they return Katie Lind um, in, in the back line, Katie formerly not in. Um, th there's just like a lot of positives for Houston, and I think Gotham's a team that has turned things around this offseason. They are a club that is looking to break into the playoffs again after finishing last in 2022. This is a team that really wants to turn things around. So we have them making the playoffs, being right on the bubble as a, a number six seed, um, having to play in, in the opening round and having to travel and be on the road, but they make it back to the playoffs. And I think if you're a Gotham fan, you're, you're pretty happy about that and where they stand at that point. Yeah, I, I think. Listen, we were running, we were running down these this middle of the pack, and uh, you have to look at what we talked about. I think during those 
team by team previews. Who are the players that might go missing for long stretches and periods of time for their team in, in Houston? While they will miss some players, they also have such good pieces that are going to just be with the team from match week one all the way through to the conclusion of the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up hosting, you know, another um, quarterfinal match uh, for for 2023. It was a really big deal for them to finally break through last year in 2022. I don't know they want to build on that. It's why they made the yeah. move that they made. They went out and they hired Tim Lady. They went out and they um, got Diana Ordonez to, to help build uh, some more around the attack on this team. Um, and, it, yeah, sure, it's hard to believe, I think, Maybe there are going to be folks out there that are like, oh, like, how are you going to put Chicago out of playoff contention when this is like a club that has constantly been in the playoff picture for years and years and years, right? Since 2015, they've got, you know, Mallory Swanson, who's in ridiculous form right now, really good goalkeeper and a listener. And all those things are true. All those things are true. And um, we think they're going to be in in the playoff conversation, but we just don't know if it's going to settle out that way um, for the Red Stars. That's uh, because of the type of year this is. There's there's probably going to be some players who go for the World Cup for certain teams, and they might not play uh, a ton of club season um, based on how long they might participate in the World Cup, right? And that's including the preparations ahead of that and everything that comes with the rest and the rehabilitation after um, a world cup. So those are big pieces for Chicago teams, right? You know, your, your number one goalkeeper and then your number one goal scorer. Right. And where maybe a team like Gotham, we're looking at a team like that, that will also have pieces that are missing, but they're likely to have, um, I think some more cohesiveness and uh, just some more structure around them in terms of what they're going to present moving forward. You know, we're going to have some more fun in terms of later on in the episode of players that we want to see step up, you know, in terms of this season. And I think Gotham has, has a few more of those than some of the other teams within this middle of the table. So let's talk about this bottom half of the table where this can also get into a lot of fun, right? Because some of these teams even last year at number eight, we were still talking about some of these teams uh, in contention for the playoff picture. But for this year, when we're looking at uh, standings eight through 12, we've got Racing Louisville at eight, Angel City FC at nine, North Carolina Courage at 10, Orlando Pride at 11, and Washington Spirit at 12. This is this was just difficult for us to sort of yeah. rank these as well because we're like really high on some of the some of the rebuilds for, for some of these teams, right? Some of these teams eight through 12 have gone through some retooling. Some of them are full on in a rebuild. And there's, there's areas within that when you're talking about that for a club that you can find things to get excited about. And we have, we are excited about some of these, some of those things for some of these teams, but you still got to flesh them out and rank them and put a number on them. And so this is where we think they're going to sit eight through 12. Yeah, so Racing Louisville, 8, Angel City, 9, 10, North Carolina Courage, 11, Orlando Pride, and 12, Washington Spirit. Um, I'm going to look at the bottom here because North Carolina, Orlando, Washington, bottom three teams, it, that's um, – it's it's tough to kind of think of that because especially a year that Washington is coming off of as coming off of number 10 or number 11 last year in 2022, and although they, they – did take some steps forward in the off season. And, and we do think that that is a year with hiring new head coach, Mark Parsons, formerly at the thorns. It, there are going to be some positives at Washington. There's just not enough changes. They, they lost too many pieces. They lost too many defenders. They're going to lose way too many pieces during world cup um, in the middle of the summer that, this really is the rebuild year for Washington Spirit in our eyes. It's a club that is going to need to kind of just lay down a fresh slate, have have expectations that are attainable. That way they can get their confidence back up because to go from winning the league in 2021 to a bottom two team in 2022, that hurts your confidence and that hurts the team's morale. Um, getting some players back from injury, I'm looking specifically at midfielder Tori Huster, that can help this this Washington Spirit side a bit more. But ultimately, I just don't see them breaking through out of the bottom two. Uh, and that's why we listed them at 12. They're, they're going to be bottom of the table at the end of the year. Um, Orlando Pride, they're, they're right above them, which is a team that has struggled. They're going through a rebuild. When we talked about Orlando individually as a club and, and how they 
they could take steps this year. We wanted them to lay the foundation, have that first set of, of building blocks on the ground before they continue to take those steps. And ending the year with Seb Hines and on a bit of a high for pride last year helped, but now can they take those next steps and move forward? So that's why we put them at 11 and North Carolina at 10. I think that, that with our bottom three, North Carolina is the best of those three at that point with what they were able to do. Um, they had four first round draft picks. None of them really tickled our fancies that much, but I think that with what Sean Nahas is trying to do at North Carolina, perhaps that's what he wanted players that he could mold to be exactly who he needs on the pitch. And when he needs them, they were able to sign all four of their draft picks, which is uh, not very usual not very likely in this league. So hoping that that can continue to kind of kickstart this team for, for North Carolina, but that's our, our bottom three, 10, 11, 12 uh, rounded and out with Washington spirit finishing last. I love that we're putting numbers on these because I can't wait to like revisit these even even mid season oh. even mid season and be like oh look how incorrect this one is. Uh, but we no, have to do it. We have to do it. I know. I feel. I feel like the. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like the spirit are probably like freshest in our mind too because I, I know when we were cranking out our team by team previews, uh, we did them in alphabetical order, and so we had spirit um, as as the final team to kind of focus in on. But I think almost similar to Chicago for me when I'm looking at this spirit side um they're just yeah they're just two years removed from from that nwsl championship run and it was i think i said on the team preview at a time it was such a unprecedented type of a series of circumstances that that presented itself to this team and it's really kind of we saw them kind of rally around each other and just yeah go 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 and it kind of carried them all the way through a, an extended an extended um, postseason, right? As as a as a bottom seed, I think it was they were a six seed at the at the time, or they were a five seed at the time, um, all the way through to the final, um, and going up against it, probably an equally depleted and um, going through things type of team in Chicago, and um, to follow that up with a really another tough season where they had to deal with. Um, uh, and on a training incident with with their former head coach and investigations around that and a really match heavy uh, a match heavy loaded kind of schedule to start out their season we just sort of saw all of that kind of affect the team and when we're looking at i think a world cup year as well for some of these teams in these rankings there's a possibility that they're going to be without Andy Sullivan, yeah. that there, there's a possibility that they're going to be without both um, Sanchez and Rodman. And Ashley Hatch is someone who's also gotten into these um, national team camps as well. And I know you and I are like curious about how that final roster is going to look. What it, what does it look like if not all of them go? What it, what does it look like for the spirit if Ashley Hatch is is left off that roster and Sanchez and Rodman are going to the World Cup? You've got a player like Hatch kind of on an island at this mm-hmm. point, who's 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 very successful because of the pieces around her and somebody like a Sanchez and a Rodman. So it's it's tough. It was tough to put Washington, I think, at at, at twelve. Um, yeah. Yes. But there's so many there's so many things. I think when you're looking at number eight or nine or ten or eleven or twelve, um, for a lot of like these these storylines going into 2023. And I and I love that you mentioned Houston because I think there's going to be a big, big bright spot on that. I think this is going to be a player who is actually making a return at the yeah. exact time when a team like this needs a player like Houston um, moving forward. So, you know, there's there's other teams I think that can surprise any other team, right? Given whatever match week it is, but all the new pieces. Uh, combined with what are a handful of some of these core players that have been spirit players for some time, I think is going to, they're going to need some time to gel, right? Because there's also a new head coach as well. So um, I think that's why we kind of have these settled out the way that we have them. And um, I'm, I'm eager to get back here and talk about whether we were right or wrong. That's half the fun when we're talking about these types of things, whether it's predictions or power rankings or otherwise. So stick with us because we're going to chat more about, players and who we want to see have an impact for their teams coming up this season we're going to talk about the heavy hitters teams that are the teams that you're looking at to beat them on any given sunday and we're going to talk a couple 
couple dark horses as well. Stick with us. We'll be we'll be back after a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's chat about Let's chat about our big three. We're talking about the teams to beat. We chatted a little bit about Kansas City current. We've got them at number one to close out 2023. But we've also got Portland Thorns in the mix. We've got OL Rain in the mix. We're looking at the match week scenarios week to week. These are the teams we're looking at. We're looking at these three as the teams that perhaps maybe some other clubs have circled on their calendar. Like, hey, these are the heavy hitters. These are who we want to take it to um, come match week one, two, three, four, all the way through to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland Thorns maybe coming into this season with that automatic target on their back. Everybody wants to take down the champions and they're the reigning NWSL champions. We've got O.L. Reign, the current Shield winners and Kansas City current. They were the runners up in the 2022 final. Which of these three, though? do you think are going to be the most difficult team to go up against in 2023? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go Portland Thorns though. This is a team that when they're playing at home, right? Providence park, it's an incredibly difficult environment to go into as a team and play against. Um, they've also got a lot of the same players. So it, it's, Easy, maybe it's easy. I say that very, very lightly <laughs> to scout a team like that because they've re- they're returning a lot of the same pieces as last year. So yeah. you know what the individual players can do, but they're under a new head coach in Mike Norris, who who was an assistant last year under Rian Wilkinson. Um, but how is the structure going to be? How is the formation going to be? How is this team going to play? Because we saw last year under Wilkinson, this Portland side switch formations. Uh, they, they were trying different things. They had different game tactics. They had different um, identities throughout the year that they could switch between in order to throw off their opponent or to, to lean into their strengths that they had in, in that moment and in, in that game. And that's something that is incredibly difficult to scout and to prepare to go against. Um, and when you look at Portland overall, um, most recently, one of the, their forwards, Canadian international, Janine Becky, suffering an injury. So she's no longer on this roster, which I think is a big, big loss for this team. But they also have a lot of other pieces, right? We're talking Sophia Smith, MVP last year, um, U.S. international young superstar. They've also got Bella Bigsby in goal. This is the player I'm high on and, and kind of the progression. Um, if Bigsby can level up this year, that'll be a, a real game changer for Portland. Uh, defensively, they've got people that they've had in that back line um, that haven't gone anywhere. Kelly Hubley, Megan Klingenberg, uh, Quika, Becky Sauerbrunn. That's that's a back line. That is a championship back line. And they've got the target on their back as the reigning champions of this league. I think that's going to be um, the biggest motivator for teams going up against them, but also a little bit of an intimidation factor, knowing that this is a powerhouse team that isn't very different from the last time they played in DC for the NWSL championship. But I mean, OL Reign, that's a team that's always been hard to break down, honestly. Yeah. No matter who was at the helm. I mean, I, I know they've been without, uh, they were without Laura Harvey for, you know, a certain period of time. But I think even if we're looking as far back as that 2019 team when they were coached by Andonowski, um, just tough, just a really good, smart, organized team. And I'm just looking at, Maybe even last year a little bit. I think, I know for me, Oral Rain was a team that I had picked to to win it all. 
Like this was, I was like, this is, this is going to be the year. Like if the stars are going to align, like it's going to work out for this all rain side. And they just fell short again of that kind of long elusive championship prize um, that has kind of evaded them for a little bit as, as a, as a franchise. So I'm, I'm hopeful, right? I think, I think they've still got a lot of the good pieces that they have had on this team for uh, the last season or two. And I think, you know, adding somebody like an Emily Sonnet, I think is going to help, help them out in, in some certain areas. But again, this is another one of those players that, maybe absent for further World Cup. And this is one of those teams, right, that we were looking at in our team-by-team previews. Now, they're going to be hit pretty hard, I think, by by some of those absents. And it's not just on the the U.S. national team uh, level, that there's some other internationals that they can miss along the way as well. So it's going to be some opportunities, I think, for for other players on on all rain. I think this could be the season where we get a chance to to finally see that depth a little bit. And look, and this is one of those years where uh, while Laura Harvey has an ideal starting 11, that this is going to be one of those years perhaps where she has to utilize her bench and she has to look at the depth across the roster. Right. So I'm, I'm eager for that to, to see that as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for those different players who, who might have those, those breakouts for a team uh, like the rain moving forward. But um, I think you can all, we can also say that with, with Kansas city current, right. They make, many moves that it's like who and when and how are we going to see these uh these types of players plugged in in various lineups uh for matt potter um for for the current you know the world cup really cranks up yeah i mean you asked me which team's gonna be hard to beat or or which team's gonna be difficult to go against kansas city because they have a lot of weapons they're a new team what can we see from them this year i do think it'll take a little bit for them to um get their footing under them and and be able to start the weekend strong going up against, I mean, the regular season, we're going to talk about it, but the way that they start this year is, is tough. And I think it's going to be the, the way we see Kansas city week one is going to be very different than the way we see Kansas city week five uh, to week 10 to obviously the last week of the year. But that's something that's going to be difficult because this Kansas city side last year was really intimidating to go against because they had this type of swagger about them that I don't think has diminished at all. If anything, it's grown this year um, as to the different dynamic ways that they're able to attack and score goals. And that's, what's very dangerous because they can, they can hit you on, quick counterattack on set pieces now that they've got Dabinia in the mix and then a couple others. Um, they can hit you on on free kicks with that type of situation and crosses in from the outside, dead balls. It's there's a lot of weapons at Kansas City. I think those three between Portland, Portland, Kansas City probably being my top ones, and then OL Rain being another one that's just they're tough. That's a tough team to break down as you just talked about with Laura Harvey's side. And OL Rain's got a very big chip on their shoulder very big chip on their shoulder to finish this year at the top. And I think they're going to come out swinging. Um, but yeah, I mean, those top three teams are are big teams to beat this year. It's, it's going to be a battle every time these, these teams step on the pitch, knowing that their opponents are, are out for blood in a sense, out to get these teams and knock them down, knock them down. I'm also looking for the rivalry between these teams too, right? It's like, we, we know that there's the, the long and storied and, uh, rivalry between Thorns and All Rain, but Kansas City Curtain kind of just sort of bursting on the scene and bullying their way into the top as a heavy hitter, you know, coming off as runner-ups against Portland Thorns. I'm eager for those um, for those matchups as well. You know, the the championship final rematch or even the semifinal rematch where the current booted uh, All Rain out of contention. So mm-hmm. we'll have to keep an eye on that. But when we're talking about heavy hitters in the top three, big three of a, of a league, I mean, there's also room and opportunity to talk about your dark horses as well. And this is what we're really, really excited about because we have had two consecutive seasons now where maybe not the real, the actual real playoff picture, but the playoff conversation, the playoff conversation is different from actual playoff contention. The playoff conversation has included teams uh, who find themselves even sitting as low as eighth place heading into the final couple of weeks of the season. Um, I know people had a good, uh, chuckle or two with I think during that that final match week with with Angel City it's like they could still get in it they just got to score like 
17 goals against yeah. Chicago. It's anything is possible. So, you know, conversation versus contention is, is really two different things, but I think that's where the, a lot of the fun lies. Right. And when we're looking at a dark horse team, of course, we're going to go back and look at that area of the table where we had teams ranked between eight and 12, because that is where it can always change up on everyone. And we're looking really, even though we had them ranked eight and nine in the standings, we're still looking at racing Louisville FC and angel city FC to be those kind of dark horses coming up in 2023. I, I love looking at uh, the storylines uh, for both of these teams going into this particular season. It makes me, it makes me do the, the hand rub. It's like, Oh, I just can't wait to see these teams get out there. I think when you're looking at angel city, you have a number of kind of comeback storylines for this oh, team. Yeah. Whether it's somebody like uh, who's everyone's keeping an eye on on the progress of, of Kristen Press and like her return, but Sydney Larue is is someone else that uh, this this franchise is going to rely upon uh, and hope that she gets you know on a hot scoring streak sooner rather than later. Uh, somebody like a uh, Sarah Gordon who you know is making her return as well to this team. There's a number of players here that it just has that kind of energy where it's just like once we get going, just you wait. Just you wait. Uh, so I'm very excited to see where this Angel City team goes. But I'm also equally as excited for racing Louisville because we talked about this team in their preview in terms of the teams who were making moves. And I think alongside Kansas City Current, we're looking at racing Louisville and all these pieces that they added as well. They've got a ton of great international pieces on their roster. And I'm very excited to see what year two under Kim Bjorkgren looks like compared to year one, because we had a lot of question marks. We were like, what's going on here? What's happening? Yeah, what is this coaching sure. staff presenting to this team? We don't know where it's going. And it's already looking or feeling a little bit different in year two with the addition of Bevianez on that coaching yeah. staff. Yeah. Bevianez is, is a massive piece that Kim Bjorkegren added to his coaching staff. I mean, already on racing global social, we're seeing Bevianez stepping into the drills and training and playing, just helping the team level up. And, and that's what Bevianez can bring. Um, and then her, her mindset, her understanding of the game, her ability to coach and develop players, that's going to be massive for Racing Louisville this year. And I think that this is a team that fans cannot sleep on. Racing Louisville, um, they've got this edge to them. As you talked about, all the different international players that they have brought into this roster is going to give them such a flair. Um, we even saw at the end of the 2022 season, Wang Shuang coming in for Kim Bjorkagrin and, and providing just a different level. Um, because these internationals have played uh, in a variety of different leagues, they all bring something new and different to the table. And and with a racing level roster that started very young at the start of last year, um, now those players go into their sophomore season. I'm looking at someone like a Savannah DeMello, a Jalen Howe. They're now leveling up this year uh, with the competition that they have and, and some of the offseason acquisitions that Kim Bjorkagren did. Carson Pickett, defender. Mm -hmm. Defender Abby Ursag. Those are... Big. Massive, massive signing signings for them. Paige Monahan listed as a defender. We'll see where that goes. But in in losing Emily Fox, I think they've gained so much, um, and that's what really excites me about this racing Louisville side. I think they're a team that can come in and and disrupt things a little bit as that dark horse because most teams I don't think are going to be looking at racing Louisville and saying like, hey, this is this is a team that could come up and snake bite us when we're sleeping. You even look at the preseason for some of these teams, and preseason is there's a lot to judge on there's a lot that teams yeah. don't throw out there there's it it's not totally representative of what we're going to see from the season but racing Louisville is coming off of uh big wins two nothing over racing or uh, over yeah. ol rain and then they played the u23 teams that was a 3-1 uh that racing Louisville scored three goals in the first half so i think that's something that's very positive to me and just two yeah. games over a strand a stretch of a couple days racing Louisville was able to find the back of the net five different times and with a lot of their young goal scorers, because that's where Racing Louisville lacked last year. They couldn't find the back of the net at all. Yeah. And the fact that it's something they've been working on and they've already done that and turned the page um, makes me excited for Racing Louisville this year and kind of what they can bring to the table and what they can bring to the NWSL as a dark horse team. 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they kind of shape their narrative, right? Throughout yeah. the duration of the regular season, we're praising them for some of these international moves that they made, but that also means that these are players who are likely to be absent during stretches of time in a World Cup year, whether it, whether it is someone like a, like a Wang Chuang for, for China or their recent signing in New China Canoe with, with Nigeria, another player that we're really excited about, one of those players who scored for them during that preseason uh, spring invitational out in Portland. Um, and also kind of a smart move. I mean, we, we talked about when that when they made that move, it was with Tigres Feminil. So they got a really prolific goal scorer in Canoe to add to Racing Louisville, but they sent their draft pick, Riley Tanner, out to, oh, to nice. Tigres Feminil. And Tanner already scored out there. So it's, or excuse me, uh, not Riley Tanner, uh, uh, Riley Madeline Parker uh, scored out there with Tigres Feminil already. So it's like they, they made this move with also like an eye on the future because eventually that loan is going to end and maybe they're going to have somebody return in uh, Riley Parker to come on back and, and contribute right away to this racing Louisville side. So I'm eager to see where this team lies in the conversation of something like the playoffs, right? Contention is different. We already set that up, but the conversation is always a lot of fun. So I'm very, very eager to see how these international pieces slot in when they're around, when they're actually here for the NWSL regular season and how some of those younger pieces uh, continue their development. I mean, this is going to be year two for players like Savannah DeMello and Jalen Howell, players that they wanted to lock up right over the course of the offseason and say, build with us, run with us, race with us. Um, you know, we're not even talking about veteran players that they're going to keep leaning on, whether it's somebody like a Jess McDonald or, um, gosh, or, or a Lauren Malay, right? I'm just like thinking of, of the different veterans that they have on there. So I'm eager to see the, the, the tactics of it all. I'm eager to yeah. see that because we had a lot of questions mark, marks around it last year and we weren't too sure the direction in which they wanted to go at times. And maybe with finally some of these, new you know new additions and things like that we're going to start to see where they want to go so we're going to keep talking about individual pieces we're going to keep talking about players uh performances uh you know individual standouts that we want to see in the regular season coming up so stick with us after a quick break this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. With a new season comes new faces. So let's chat all about the rookie class coming into 2023. We had a real treat last year. We had quite the rookie class in 2022. So who are going to be some rookies to watch in 2023? We talked about a big three in the standings, and I guess this can also be considered a big three for the yeah. draft because we're actually keeping an eye on number one, number two, and number three going in to the regular season. We're talking about Alyssa Thompson with Angel City, Michelle Cooper with Kansas City Current, and Emily Madrill with Orlando Pride. 
big three. I like that you're calling them that because they are a big three. Um, but let's start at the top, right? Number one draft pick out of high school. She's still talking about going to her prom and she's excited about that in the coming months. Forward Alyssa Thompson going to Angel City FC. Um, this kind of goes hand in hand with our, our talk about the dark horses. Although we had Angel City finishing ninth in the standings, um, we had them labeled as a dark horse team, as a team that could uh, disrupt some things, ruffle some fr- feathers, maybe break into the playoffs or, or, or make a run throughout Challenge Cup. And I think that in adding a player like Alyssa Thompson, we weren't necessarily sure how much we would see her under Freya Kuhn at Angel City. Now, Angel City is still dealing with some injuries. They're still waiting for some of their star strikers to come back. I'm looking at Kristen Press, Sydney LaRue. And already in preseason for Angel City against um, some different clubs that they played. I mean, Club America, Alyssa Thompson gets a start. And within the first five minutes, she's got a goal and she's found the back of the net. And, And this is a player that I think can have so much star power around them going number one overall there was a big trade leading up to the draft for angel city to get that number one pick and everyone knew it was going to go to Alyssa thompson and then it did and and that's a lot of pressure on a young player on a young player that is still in high school that is gets to stay at home live at home in her in her high school bedroom with her sister and her parents which i think is beneficial but i think there's a sense of pressure that Thompson has already felt for most of her career. She's been playing with boys teams. She's been to World Cup. She's got caps on the senior U.S. national team. Thompson knows how to face pressure. She knows how to play with that. And I think she likes the spotlight in in the sense that she doesn't shy away from it and that she can rise to those occasions. And and playing in Angel City at Bank of California, that's a very big spotlight. But I think Alyssa Thompson is going to rise to the occasion and and perform when the lights are the brightest and at Angel City when they're going to need her the most um, I'm expecting some big things from Melissa Thompson and and I think she's going to deliver this year. No I'm with you I think it's an important point that you make you know to have such a young player who is uh, not intimidated by that or doesn't want to shy away from that I think is going to be crucial for this Angel City team because it's a it's a team that constantly has those lights on them, even when it's not a match day, right? So yes, the lights are brightest when they, when that whistle goes for minute one. But this this club has already become this sort of iconic brand in just their one year of existence, right? So there's constant eyeballs on this team. What moves are they making? Uh, what partnership is coming out next? Uh, where are they at the table? Who, what players are they signing? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think... It's important to to note that this player, this very young 18-year-old, still in high school type of player, is eager to kind of show off what she can do for this team uh, moving forward. So I'm, I'm eager to see what, what Thompson does with, with Angel City. It was great chatting with, with both Michelle Cooper and Emily Madrill on attacking third, you know, shortly after they were drafted. I think the the other really important side of this is we chatted a little bit about this when we were talking uh, in our team previews of just the difficulties um, and how hard it is for players who are drafted to earn contracts out of out of preseason, and whether you're selected number one overall or you know the last pick in the draft, it's just very hard uh, to do that, especially as the league continues to establish itself. I mean, we're entering. Um, you know, we're past the decade mark here with, with NWSL and their existence. And yes, there's still a growing league, but that also means for a lot of the teams on here, there's some established players. There are some starting 11s that are somewhat set in, in stone already, perhaps, right? So yeah. to be this, this kind of young player uh, getting into the mix of these preseasons and then doing enough to earn those contracts, I think is, is pretty massive. And I think we're going to maybe see somebody like Michelle Cooper, um, get that kind of time or get those opportunities in a year like this because players will be absent for the World Cup. Challenge Cup is running concurrently with this regular season. There's going to be moments during this regular season where coaches are going to want to rely on their depth or utilize perhaps Challenge Cup as an opportunity for players to those depth players to get those more extended minutes in a, in a tournament like that. But I think maybe that's a little different for somebody like Emily Madrill. I think when we're looking at somebody like Emily Madrill with Orlando Pride, we could see her start match week one. 
and continue to build on starts throughout the regular season. Talking about teams and how they wanted to target certain positional areas, Orlando Pride was absolutely a team that needed to add to their defensive depth. And not only do they need to add to that, they needed to find a solution. Yeah. To find a solution. And they might have found it with Emily Madrill. I agree. I mean, usually we don't talk about a rookie in the fact that, hey, they're going to start in their center back. They're going to do all these great things. But Orlando is is really thin at the defensive position. Um, Yeah, they've got a number of them listed on their roster. There was nine initially on that preseason roster. But with Emily Madrill, this is a player, mind you, that came out of Florida State University, left early, signed a contract with the NWSL as a league, and then the league sent her on loan to Sweden. So she's already played a professional year in in Sweden. She and she played. She got minutes. She she was actually very good for her team over there, and that's going to translate. That gives her a leg up on all the other rookies, frankly, for for me and Emily Madrill. And this is a player that I think Seb Hines, as as a former defender himself and the head coach at Orlando, leans a lot on his defenders, and he asks a lot of them as well. He asks a lot of them, not only defensively, uh, being locked down one v one defenders, aerial presence, uh, contributing organization um, defensively a vocal leader but he also asks a lot of them on with the ball and on the attacking side of things because he wants his center backs to have a, a passing completion rate of of a hundred percent at the end of games and he wants them to be able to penetrate passes connecting with their midfielders finding their forwards sending the ball along over top and, and having that vision and that's something that a Emily Madrill already has which lends me to believe that she is going to start in the center back role for Orlando pride. And she's going to be a big contributor um, alongside some of the other players, Haley McCutcheon, Megan Montefusco in, in that back line and help this Orlando pride team get some wins, pick up some points, whether it be draws and, and just getting shutouts um, for their team, even if they can't score on the attacking end, Emily Madrell is going to be a big part of Orlando's success this year. Fingers crossed. Any dark horse rookies that you are maybe keeping an eye on? I know we're talking about one through three in terms of the mm-hmm. overall picks, but I want to give you a chance if there's someone else that we haven't had a, an opportunity to shed some light on. And if you're looking at anyone else outside of one through three. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a little bit hard for me to pick this player in, in Jenna Nightswanger um, because I, I think she's going to do great things. Yeah. She's a really talented player. But the fact that she's at Gotham, and the okay. fact that Knight Swanger is is kind of elbowing her way onto a team and has been picked onto a team that's already done a lot of rebuilding and and that has a, a new coach ready to ready to go with this year. I'm just not sure how much time what we're going to get from Knight Swanger, and that's why she wasn't yeah. in my top three. If she's given the time, I think it could be a great contribution to the team. But I just don't think that there's enough space for her to really make that much of an impact at the start of the year or throughout this year. Yeah, another another one of those players who, who earned that contract. I think mean, it wasn't just too long ago. We're talking maybe a few weeks at yeah. the time of this recording where um they made it official to say, Hey, we're we're gonna sign this this rookie to to a contract. I think I think that's a good one. Especially this was the player that we were we were sort of waiting to see if they were gonna make themselves eligible for yeah. the draft, right? And how things were gonna shake out there and then uh finally goes number four uh to Gotham. So I think I think that's a good one. I think you can also maybe look at some of Portland's picks, whether it's a yeah. you know, Aquila or or Reina Ray. Is so where are those players going to fit on a on a on a you know a defending championship kind of team and how they are going to look um, or when they're going to be utilized again? Looking at those Challenge Cup windows specifically, anytime there's maybe a midweek match, perhaps we can see that. Um, so I'm looking at the and those two players, uh, and and I'm looking at any any of the of the players. Um, uh, Chicago, of course, um, looking to see any of them kind of break out and have have big years. We saw that we saw that club rely pretty heavily on new players, rookie players in 2022. And, and perhaps we'll see um, a reiteration of that in 2023, where they'll need to rely on some young players to, to step up once more. Um, let, let's talk attack for a little bit in, in terms of the goal scoring that we could see in 2023. Who are some forwards? Who are the strikers that need to break out? for their team in 2023. We've got two that we've got our eye on. We're taking a look at Portland still, keeping the lens there, defending champs. We want to see a big season for Morgan Weaver, but we also really want to see a big season for Midge 
purse. Now, we've chatted a little bit about the fact, hey, it's a World Cup year. Players are going to go missing. We narrowed the lens a little bit on Washington Spirit and what that could look like for a player like Hatch if she doesn't go to the World Cup because this final roster has still not been announced and it won't be announced probably for at least a couple of months. But when we're looking at Gotham, they are a a team like every other that are going to miss pieces. And we're looking at who is going to be absent perhaps on the United States women's national team side of things. And while purse has been a player that has been called into national team camp specifically under Vlako Andonovsky's tenure as head coach, um, we haven't seen extended minutes for her out of these camps going from that New Zealand camp uh, through um, she believes cup, the minutes got fewer and fewer and fewer. Um, And even with She Believes Cup, there was, I think it was a couple minutes in stoppage time in their first match and then all the way down to to zero. So we just didn't see extended minutes for this player uh, coming out of She Believes Cup. And listening to Purse out of some media availabilities for Gotham, she wants to hit the ground running. Oh, yeah. Into this, into this season. So I'm I'm eager to, to see uh, that pay dividends for, for Gotham. And we saw Midge Purse forward for Gotham already hit the ground running in the offseason. She had talked about previously throughout her professional career and even in college that there was an environment that was going to help benefit her to be the best player that she could be. Uh, there was an environment where she could train with other professionals, um, big side, small sided. It was a lot of individual training in the off season. And that wasn't enough for her to level up. So she flipped the script for herself this year. She created an environment. Um, she invited other NWSL professionals down to Florida to train for a couple weeks with a trainer, live in a house together, create that preseason camp environment that she was craving in order to get better. She did that for herself. That way she could level up. And, and I think that that kind of sets the tone. I mean, I think Mitch Purse was pissed off last year about her performance, the fact that she was getting out of the national team call-up camp, that she wasn't able to perform as much for Gotham, that her team didn't do well. There was a lot of factors that could piss a forward off and piss a player off. And I think that because of that, Mitch Purse is, has kind of – stuck it to herself and said, I'm going to be the best player I can be. I'm going to get back on the national team. I'm going to be a player that can score a bunch of goals and, and lift my team up. And and if I don't have the pieces around me as a team to do that, I'm going to need to do it myself. And, and I'm excited to see this fire from Midge Purse because she's got the skill. She's got the talent completely. It, it kind of comes down to um, can she lean on the pieces that are around her when they're there, but if they're not there, can she still do it herself? Can she create herself? Um, and I think she can this year. I think she's one of the players that needs to have a big year for Gotham. Um, another let's player. Play, let's play with that word. I was going to say, is this a year where Morgan Weaver is pissed? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's very different energy. This is different right. energy because for me, for Portland Thorns, it has to be forward Morgan Weaver that has a breakout year. Um, and maybe from, I, I think like Midge Purse is going to have that breakout year. And then for Morgan Weaver, I'm like, hey, hey, you have to do this this year. Well, you have to step up. It's it's different energies for me because um, Morgan Weaver has contributed the best when she's playing alongside a Sophia Smith. And I think that says a lot more about Sophia Smith than it does about a Morgan Weaver. When Smith is on the field, she elevates everyone around her and she is going to be missing for a majority of this year for, for Portland Thorns because of the world cup. And Morgan Weaver needs to be one that can step up and do some things on her own, be able to create, be able to still find the back of the net. And we've seen her do it. It's just hasn't been as consistent as Portland fans want. And as I want, frankly, from a Morgan Weaver, I want to see more from her this year. I think she does need to level up and I think she can, she's, she's a veteran to some extent in this league. Um, She knows what it takes to win. She's coming off a great season, a positive season. Can she carry that through this year? That's what I want. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. This has been fun. I think this is uh, 
just the first day of getting really excited about match week one for NWSL. Had some fun with some predictions, had some fun with some dark horses. You like it. I love it. But that's a wrap for us here today on A3. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Attacking Third. Make sure you download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, too. Subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get alerts for whenever we go live at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. We'll be back this week with more NWSL regular season content, so stay tuned for that. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the Tech Ether. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.